0: Lord, I pray that you will be in my words and in our hearts and minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. It's funny that uh, Hannah talked about being in another culture uh, when she uh, introduced our worship this morning. Um, Some of you will know that um, before I was ordained, I worked um, in business, and for three of those years, I was based in Italy. Um, I worked for British Telecom over there. My job there uh, came with plenty of responsibility um, and I was in quite a political position uh, because I was the only Brit out there in the business's Italian operations. So all the Italians looked to me to help out with all things British and all the British looked to me to help out with all things Italian. Depending on your point of view, a helpful bridge or an annoying bottleneck. But just after I'd moved out to Milan, I found myself with a really difficult dilemma. I had a number of Italian managers who all uh, reported into me. And one Friday, the Italian chief executive, who was a bit of a scary guy, it has to be said, he called me into his office and he made it very clear to me that I needed to choose between two of these managers to be my right-hand man or right-hand woman in my team. One of these two um, that he uh, asked me to choose between, I knew had been in the company for many years and knew the business very well. They had many allies um, and they were also known for being quite political. The other had been only uh, recruited uh, a matter of weeks before I had arrived in the business. This person was very smart, um, quite young, um, but had no real sort of background in the business at all and had had no time to build up a, a personal network in the company like the other person had done. What was I to do? The chief executive made it abundantly clear to me that he wanted my answer first thing on Monday morning. Thank you very much. So I had a peaceful and relaxing weekend to think about it. I hadn't been in the job more than five minutes and I was already being asked to make um, a really difficult decision that would have big consequences for my work, my team's work, um, potentially for years to come. I didn't know what the repercussions would be for uh, the one of the two I didn't choose. Might they be demoted? How would they react? Conceivably, would they even lose their job? I was also very conscious, not that I'd really had much chance uh, to speak with people about my faith um, at that very early stage of my time in Italy. I was also very conscious that I was a Christian presence in that company. Faced by this decision I had to make, um, I wanted to do what was right um, by the business. I wanted to do what was right by my two team members. And I wanted to do what was right in the eyes of God, both in the choice I made and in the way that I behaved towards um, these two colleagues in particular. I still recall very clearly, um, given that I'm talking about it today, um, and it still um, has a bit of a visceral reaction in me, I still recall very clearly um, the extent to which I agonised about this decision throughout that whole weekend. On the Sunday afternoon, I walked into the centre of Milan to the cathedral to the Duomo which is an amazing building if you uh, have never been there it's, it's crazy it has lots and lots and lots of spires of stone sticking up to the heavens it's extremely beautiful um, takes decades to clean um, uh, but I went into uh, this cathedral and I quietly sat down and lit a candle and prayed as hard as I knew how that God would show me the right thing to do, that I'd be the best witness to Christ in that business that I could be in the decision I made. Well, God certainly has a sense of humour. When I arrived at work on the Monday morning, ready uh, to give my answer to the chief executive, um, but dreading that I would have to do so, I found that uh, given the autocrat that he was, he'd already decided which one of the two was staying in my team, which was moving to another part of the business, and he'd already sent the email informing the entire company at seven o'clock that morning. To be honest, I wasn't terribly chuffed at the time. I felt a bit undermined, but God is a good and faithful God. And The person who stayed in my team um, was brilliant throughout the rest of my time in that company and uh, the other one um, did okay, did as as okay as they could have hoped to in the circumstances, I think. In a way, this is a slightly strange story to be telling you this morning um, because in the end it wasn't actually me that made that decision. But it stuck with me so clearly Uh, Over a decade later, because I was so aware of wanting to do the right thing for my colleagues, for their business, and particularly for God in that place. I remember really, really strongly the weight of that decision on me and the intensity of my prayers for God's guidance in that decision. Far from everything we do in our everyday lives. Whether uh, for you that's at work or in your home, perhaps volunteering, um, with your friends and your family. Far from everything is a decision or a conversation or an action that has um, significance uh, like perhaps that choice I was asked to make. But in some cases, of course, um, for those of you who work in caring professions... Uh, In particular, in uh, in medicine, in social work, uh, in areas that impact on people's personal lives. Your decisions can go, uh, on the other hand, uh, far more far-reachingly in their consequences. You have far more responsibility than I did in your day-to-day decisions. But from Monday to Friday, or indeed Monday to Saturday, wherever our front line is as we've been exploring uh, these past couple of Sundays, whatever we do, whether in human terms it's big or it's small, whatever we do has the capacity to have an impact for God and for his kingdom. Let's watch a very short film. Peter. Thank
1: you. Father, help me do good today. I want to shape this place to your design. Help me see the value my work has to you. May I model your kindness and patience. So that you are recognised. May they know Jesus through my presence. May they see your light as I share mine. Give me your joy and self-control.
0: So that your wolf touches those I meet.
1: Help me to be generous. Quick to put others first. Sharing clearly your love and grace. Give me words to speak about you and courage to stand for justice and truth. Whatever the day brings in my humanity, weakness,
0: breakthrough. Let my life overflow with you. Thanks, Peter. Our reading this morning from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians speaks to us about whatever we do. It's a passage that, uh, to be honest, uh, with different parts from those we're particularly looking at uh, today emphasised, is uh, often seen as problematic in a contemporary context. Um, but I'm not going uh, this morning to pursue those elements of it uh, any further. Um, There's a time and a place to have a good conversation about those. Um, Suffice to say that the social context in which um, St Paul was writing, in which he lived, was very different from that in which we live today. And uh, these verses, some of them in particular, uh, very much reflect that. But what is especially interesting for us is the way in which St. Paul uses a particular phrase twice in this passage. The phrase, whatever you do. St. Paul's writing to a community of new Christians in the city of Colossae in what's now Turkey. We believe he's writing to them from prison and writing to commend them on all the steps they've already taken in their newfound faith, and to encourage them in their continuing walk with Christ, in their growth of uh, their journey with Christ, the depth of their faith. Paul describes the kind of community God's calling these new Colossian Christians to be. He's making particularly clear that this is not to be inward-focused. Their daily lives are to be marked by love and kindness and compassion within this worshipping community itself, in their household relationships and in their places of work or day-to-day activity. Commitment to Jesus as their Lord is to be worked out in the whole of their daily life, in relationship with others and bound up In our service of Jesus Himself. In the first verses of the reading, uh, 15 to 17, it appears that Paul's addressing the worshipping lives of the members of this community, their church life, if you like, um, with their psalms, their hymns, their songs, and their teaching. And then he goes on to address the other parts of their lives, family relationships. Or for the probably a pretty high proportion of these Colossian Christians who would have been slaves. Their relationship with their master or their mistress. Their working relationship. And in both cases, Paul says to the Colossians, whatever you do. In verse 17, uh, referring to this, uh, this, this worshipping environment, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And for the every day, in verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Paul's message to them and to us is clear whatever you do in whatever part of your life matters to God not just the Sunday stuff the worship the prayers the preaching um, although that's all great and pleasing to God he is delighted that we are with him this morning with his people Um, all of that undoubtedly is good But what matters to God is also in the day-to-day relationships of which each one of us is part, of which you're all part, and in the work or whatever other activities it is that comprise your daily routine in the whole of the rest of the week, not on a Sunday. God's not only interested in the big and the important stuff of our lives, he's interested in the tiny little bits as well. As Paul writes, these tasks matter. You may perhaps feel that your daily tasks uh, may be important to you, but that ultimately they don't really matter to God. You've got a a sort of uh, secular uh, against uh, sacred divide going on in your life. Um, But what Paul writes here um, destroys that split. He has uh, absolutely no time for that at all. What we do in our praise and our worship and our fellowship within our Christian community is equaled in importance by all that we do elsewhere, however big or small that may be as well. It all matters to God. When we do something in the name of Jesus Christ, we're acting as jesus's representative his ambassador so i um, can parent esther um, or be a husband to claire in jesus's name I love, by the way, um, in the film, uh, the way in which uh, the older lady is putting what I guess is uh, her granddaughter to bed after a long day of play and stories and and dinner times that we see as well. Uh, There's a certain resonance uh, with our daily routine there, rather more for Claire than for me, it has to be said. these are that grandmother's tasks for the day, if you like. They're very different from uh, from working in a in a business or a school or a hospital or wherever it is, but they are vital, nevertheless. And it's absolutely a place where it's just as important to be Christ's ambassador. I can uh, run a business meeting, uh, run a business meeting in jesus's name i can paint a house in jesus's name i can coach a football team in jesus's name like we saw in the film i can teach a maths lesson in jesus's name i can bake a cake in jesus's name we're each called to be christ's ambassadors to represent him in everything we do and say called to do each of our daily tasks in his name and this, above all, means doing each of these daily tasks with all your heart. Paul emphasizes this um, specifically by addressing the people who'd be looked down on, who'd be thought to be insignificant, the slaves. Those um, members of that new church who uh, spent their lives in slavery, um, working uh, without rights for, one, uh, for uh, their master or their mistress. Paul subverts this relationship between uh, the master or the mistress and that slave um, by helping uh, the slaves to whom he writes see that they're actually working for the Lord. Not just for their owners, but for the Lord. And that as they work with all their hearts, this is part of their worship they're serving the lord in all that they do as we engage in our tasks with all our hearts we too are serving the lord and bringing him glory and delight going about each and every one of our daily tasks no matter how small or large is an opportunity to do just this Indeed, um, the Bible shows that work is a good and a godly thing. In chapter two of Genesis, right at the very start, before the fall, um, the man and the woman, um, all too topically given the uh, the climate strikes of last Friday, they are given the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of. It's a noble calling to go about this task with love, to go and work with love with all our heart to the glory of God, just as it is to engage in any similar task. Our creator God, of course, is our model for that too, as creator. The monks of the Benedictine order Um, living according to the rule of their founder, St. Benedict, um, followed um, his his dictum, his advice. In Latin, um, laborare est orare, orare est laborare. To work is to pray, to pray is to work. There's no distinction between the two as far as um, Benedict is concerned and all those who followed him, um, laboring in his monasteries, living in the monasteries of his order. Whatever the activity is, the work is a form of prayer, a way of offering your best energies to God in order that his kingdom might be advanced. What sort of actions and words will make this true I wonder, in your life? How might you advance God's kingdom in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, in your school, your club, your home? As we've done over the past um, couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to invite um, a member of our church family up to the front now um, to share with us a bit about uh, what they do in their work, Um, how they see God moving there and how we can pray for them in that I can't see where you're yeah Hannah would you like to come up now Hannah tell us a bit about yourself
1: hi so I'm Hannah Purvis um Else, do you want to know? I come to St Uh, St. Giles, I live in West Bridgford.
0: A bit about family and a bit about. I have three
1: children, and um, they come to youth, so all um, secondary school age. My husband Duncan works at St Mary's in town um, as a verger.
0: And uh, in your Monday to Friday, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm a cancer nurse. I work at the city hospital um, looking after patients with prostate and bladder cancer. I work as a nurse specialist.
0: That's a tough job.
1: (laughs) It is, but I I feel that my job is really my calling. um, And I I don't think I could do my job if I wasn't a Christian. And also I think it's a real privilege looking after patients um, and their families when they're going through a really tough time.
0: And how do you try to bring Jesus into that environment?
1: So, um, by prayer, pray about work. And I think what really helps me is, um, I, I can't quite often, you can't directly share the gospel with, with colleagues or patients. It wouldn't be politically correct. Um, but I can pray about work. Um, and that, that really helps. Um, and hopefully the way that I do my job, um, is also part of
0: that. Great. And thinking about um, your day today, thinking ahead 24 mm-hmm. hours, what at what are we? 11:18, uh, will you be doing tomorrow most likely?
1: So Monday morning, there's two options. I so either be in the office, um, taking calls from patients, giving advice, or um, or, or listening to their concerns. Um, and doing kind of um, admin tasks or I'll be in clinic um, with consultants and, and their teams seeing patients and, cool. and supporting them. Quite often at this time it'll be a new patient it would be okay. first time coming to see the cancer doctor so being there for them and helping with the information and, and the journey.
0: And I guess that first time must be particularly difficult for people. Yeah,
1: yeah, quite often it's the going to unknown and not quite knowing what's happening so, um, so we're there to help with the information and quite often spent a bit longer with the patient than yeah. the
0: doctor does. How best can we pray for you in your work?
1: Um, well, just pray that I would be brave enough not to dodge conversations where God comes up, <laughs> uh, both with colleagues and, and patients, and um, just pray that I would um, do my best. And um, I think they, today's reading really spoke to me about. Whatever you do, you're doing it to the Lord. Um, and pray that I would, I would do that, not waste
0: time or opportunities. Great. Can I pray for you yeah, now, you if that will be all right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Would you like to, to join me in prayer for Hannah? For those of you who, um, who um, like praying in this way, maybe extend a hand out towards her. Lord, we thank you for Hannah, uh, for all her family too and for where you have placed her in that family, in this community, and in her work. We pray that you will guide her conversations, give her wisdom uh, as to how she may be able to share her faith. Help her to see uh, where uh, you wish her to spend her time and her energies in the uh, most godly way. And to be Christ to to her colleagues and to those people who come uh, into such difficult situations in that place with their illnesses. Lord bless her and all with whom she works. And may you be with her particularly tomorrow morning. And with each one of us as well as we are going about our tasks in whatever place you call us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Should we give her a round of applause? <clears throat> whatever each one of you does, whether in words or in deeds, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When you leave um, at the end of the service today, um, there is a stack of pencils. Um, uh, which uh, have uh, whatever you do emblazoned on each one of them. So do please grab one of those as you head out um, the main door. Um, take it with you to work, to, um, to school, to wherever it is you, uh, you spend your, uh, your weekdays. Have it um, in the kitchen at home, if that's uh, where you spend most of your time. I don't know. But have it uh, reminding you um, as you use it. That God is with you and he works through you and he wants to share his gospel through you in whatever you do wherever you may be day by day. Let's join together in a prayer. I'll lead us. Lord, as we scatter to our frontline places, We thank you for the many opportunities we have to do good in your world. Whatever the tasks of our week may be, wherever we are, we pray that you will work through us and through them and that they will bear fruit for your kingdom. May we do all things attentive to your presence in that situation and with a heart set on working at them for you, first and foremost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of worship in response now. So will you please stand as Hannah and the band lead us in that.